Welcome to Apologetics Talk Radio with your host, Marty Mento, the Christian talk radio show that helps you learn the Word of God so that you may teach others and defend biblical truth. Now, here's your host, Marty Mento. Well, welcome back to Apologetics Talk Radio with your host, Marty Mento, here on the ATR Network. And what a blessing it is to be with you here today on this podcast as I broadcast deep in the heart of South Carolina. What a gorgeous day the Lord has given to us. Uh, it's in the mid to upper 70s, sunshine, and I tell you truthfully, you can't go wrong no matter what. Uh, I hope you're enjoying your day, the day that God has given to us, and uh, I'm looking forward to this opportunity of being able to take the time and uh, talk with you here this afternoon, share as we open God's Word to study together, uh, to learn, to grow, uh, so that we can teach others and we can defend the faith. And uh, I can tell you right now, it's a blessing to be a child of God. It's a blessing to be able to go forward as God gives us the opportunities and share His glorious gospel message with a world that is lost. Uh, Matter of fact, I had a blessing this past week. Um, I've had some trials, too. I cannot deny that. But at the same time, I had a blessing. I had an opportunity this week. Uh, long story short, in my one of my favorite places uh, that I stop, and I really don't go that often anymore, and the people that go there have wondered if I've been sick or something wrong, but uh, uh, I was back in Dunkin' Donuts, and I go there quite often, but you know, now I, I can't drink the sweet tea. Um but uh, I'm able to, you know, get a cold ice water and maybe some little snack. I'm not a big donut man. A lot of people think, uh, you know, especially being a former cop, you must love donuts. No, I didn't like donuts back then either. I mean, I like them, but I don't, I don't eat donuts that often. But anyways, I was there, and lo and behold, I watched uh, two uh, middle-aged women walk in with their iPads. Uh, in dresses. Now, that's kind of unusual in Dunkin' Donuts early in the morning, at least at this Dunkin' Donuts that I have been going to. And I just knew from my past experiences that these two ladies were Jehovah Witnesses. And lo and behold, here comes a young college student, and she comes in, and uh, they sit down right behind me. I mean, right behind me. And they are going to indoctrinate her into the beliefs of the Jehovah Witnesses. And um, they apparently have already met her before, and I didn't know that at the time. But uh, they were going over the New World Translation, but especially looking at some literature from the Watchtower Society, the whole nine yards. And I was sitting there the whole time listening, and I wanted to chime in. And I thought to myself, if I do so, I got, I got to think this through carefully. And um, I actually texted my wife. She says, you know, we'll be praying. Start praying. you got to figure out. And I, and I thought to myself, you know what? If I interrupt their conversation, they're probably going to just tune me out. They're probably going to take the young girl and go somewhere else. So I decided, uh, you know, I just started praying. I said, Lord, please, can you please just have these ladies leave first and let the young girl stay behind, even if it's for 30 seconds? I don't care. Just give me an opportunity to share your glorious gospel message. Well, long and behold, um, the Lord answered my prayer. Uh, the ladies left, and uh, the young girl stood behind. She went actually went up to the counter to get a refill. 
And I got to be honest with you, it was a blessing because I had the opportunity for the next hour and a half about. Actually, I think the young girl was late for work, but she she texted her boss and she didn't care. I had an opportunity to share God's glorious gospel message, had an opportunity to refute what they were teaching her about death um, and soul sleep and annihilation and all kind of different things that they were throwing at her. And I just, um, you know, as I'm talking to her, I just told her why. I said, I felt compelled. I felt compelled because you're on a road that seems to be maybe a good road right now, but it's leading uh, to a place of destruction. It's not the gospel truth. The Jesus that they're presenting is not the true Jesus. And I went ahead and I did so. I gave her one of our pamphlets, our latest pamphlet, uh, which, as I've told you before, is kind of my life work all put together. It's who is Jesus to you? And um, I gave it to her. And I said, it's all about Jesus in there. It's all about the gospel, God's gospel, and what the gospel message is really all about. And and I, I share with, and she listened. And I said, hey, listen, I, I'm not a stalker. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to be following you around. But if you have any questions, uh, here you can go to the email, unless you believe, at gmail.com. That's here on the pamphlet. Or you can email me personally, martymento at gmail.com. I tell people all the time, I, I'm not ashamed of that. I want people to be able, if they do have questions, if they do want to talk further. But I just thought to myself, what a blessing. Now, I'm praying for this young girl. Her name is Emma. So if you are out and about, uh, wherever you may be listening to this podcast, pray for Emma. And I I mean this sincerely. Pray for her, uh, specifically for God's salvation. And come to find out that this week was her first week to step into the hall, the Witness Hall, the Jehovah Witness Hall. And, um, you know, I I really believe, because she's the one who said this, that the true God has divinely intervened. And and I really believe it. I I believe it was God's uh, divine opportunity. But I was excited about that. I love to share God's glorious gospel message. I want to tell the world about Jesus. I want to share the truth. And, And again, uh, I, I'm going to plug it again, but if you have not received, and, and I just received uh, probably, I don't know how many, about a half dozen requests for this Who is Jesus to You pamphlet. And again, this is kind of my life's work. You can keep this in your Bible to help you as you share, as you witness, and bring God's glorious gospel message, or you can give it to someone as an evangelistic tool. And uh, I, again, if you want them, all you have to do is email me, martyminto at gmail.com. I'll send them out to you, and uh, I got hundreds printed up. I got people asking for hundreds at a time, uh, and they want to use them in the churches. They want to give them out to people, and I can tell you right now it's going to be a blessing, filled with Scripture, but good stuff. But anyways, this whole scenario came, you know, came on the, um, really on the kind of the, the last podcast we were talking about God's grace talking about, you know, answering the question, if God were to ask, why should I let you into my heaven? You know, what would your answer be? And as I began to just think about what was happening this week with this young girl and the opportunity to witness and bring the gospel, uh, and to think about, um, you know, just the opportunities that exist all around us today, um, I had another opportunity to meet someone from another state, 
and I, I was in the midst of selling a peach, piece of merchandise to them, and I met them, and um, as I was selling, I, I began to share a little bit of my testimony, and I, I told them because they were also a believer, and I began to share with them the fact that, you know, Christ changed my life. When he truly saved me, he changed me. And it has been my heartbeat. It's been my desire to tell the world about Jesus. It's been my desire to teach people uh, how to evangelize biblically and how to defend the faith. And discipleship has been of the utmost importance because I see so many Christians that are not properly discipled. They're not learning. They're not growing. Uh, They don't have good, solid biblical teachers. And it's even happening today within the visible church, unfortunately, but true. But I began to realize something after my um, visit with this individual. Not everybody who claims to be a Christian is excited about sharing God's glorious gospel message. I think sometimes individuals like myself, and I don't know what I mean by saying that, I just, I'm just, I don't know, sometimes I feel like I am on an island all alone, but I find so many Christians don't get excited about Jesus, they don't want to talk about Jesus, they don't share Jesus with other people, yet they claim to be followers and disciples of Jesus Christ, which I just don't quite understand. I am one of those ones, I find myself in a, in a dilemma and again, I'm not trying. My wife has to remind me. You know, I got to be careful. I'm not trying to get people to be like me. I am a unique <laughs> individual. There's no doubt about it. Uh, I'm a pe- you know peculiar person, as it would say in the King James version. But I love my Lord, my Savior, my King, my Master, Jesus Christ. And I go through struggles and difficulties. If you only knew the things that I have been through and the things I am facing right now in life. But, you know, the truth is that Christ has saved me. He is the lover of my soul. Uh, I, I am his slave. I, I want to serve him for all my days upon this earth. And, you know, I don't look at the masses. I look at one person at a time. Lord, if you give me the opportunity, one person at a time, I will share your glorious gospel message. I will talk with people. I will uh, teach people. I will defend the faith. But I realize not everyone is like that. And sometimes I don't understand why. But at the same time, and that's where I'm going today with this, I realize that one of the reasons that, that, that stirs me to share God's glorious gospel message is that I realize that most people in our world today believe to some degree that they're right with God, they're okay with God, or they are attempting to do whatever it takes to become right with God. And so, you know, from our last podcast talking about, um, talking about, uh, you know, what would you say to God if he asked you, why should I let you into my heaven? A lot of people will come up with what they have or have not done. And I shared it last time, and I'll share it again, that if your answer has anything to do with you, um, then you probably truly don't understand the gospel. You may not even be saved. You may think you are, but you're not. And it brought me today to this podcast to where I really want to talk about what it means to be right with God uh, or how to be right with God. And ultimately, what we're going to talk about is the righteousness of Jesus Christ, 
or the righteousness of Christ Jesus, a righteousness that's not my righteousness, and, and how this all fits into what I've shared with you so far. I'm always taken back to the book of Romans, which some would say is the greatest theological masterpiece in the New Testament. And you know that the human author is Paul, as he is carried along by the Holy Spirit. He writes to these believers at Rome. He writes to those who are living in this capital city that is a city that is a commerce city. It is a city filled with idolatry. There's prostitution. Uh, It is a city that is just worldly and does not seek after the things of God. Uh, It it is what we would call the original sin city, maybe. It, it, It was a bad place. But at the same time, we realize that Paul the Apostle, when he's writing to these believers at Rome, he shares his deepest desire and longing that's within him. And that is ultimately to see people saved, but specifically his fellow kinsmen, his brothers of ethnic descent, the Jews, the people of Israel. And I always find myself going back to Romans chapter 10, verses 1 through 4. And I'll read these words to you. Listen carefully. Romans chapter 10, verses 1 through 4. Brother, in my heart's desire... My prayer to God for them is for their salvation. For I bear them witness that they have a zeal for God, but not in accordance with knowledge. For not knowing about God's righteousness and seeking to establish their own, they did not subject themselves to the righteousness of God. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes." It brings me back to Romans chapter 9, where Paul also said earlier on, I'm telling the truth in Christ, I am not lying. My conscience beareth me witness in the Holy Spirit, that I have great sorrow and unceasing grief in my heart. For I could wish that I myself were accursed, separated for Christ, for the sake of my brother and my kinsmen, according to the flesh, who are Israelites, to whom belongs the adoption of sons, and the glory and the covenants and the giving of the law and the temple service and the promises, who are the fathers, from whom is the Christ according to the flesh, who is over all, God bless forever, amen. So my point is simply this. When I read these two passages, I see the heart of the Apostle Paul. In seeing at the heart of the Apostle Paul, you get a glimpse of a man who was radically changed by God. Now, this is important because you hear me quite often talk about 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 and 18. Um, I use it quite often. It's part of my testimony because it is the passage, one of the passages that God truly used uh, to truly um, just confront me of who I was, or at least who I thought I was, versus who I really was. But it says, therefore, if any man is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old things passed away. Behold, new things have come. Now all these things are from God. Now it's talking about the new things, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. So I I guess the point simply is this. Paul the Apostle 
we see his desire. We see his heart, and he is heavily burdened. He is longing to see um, others saved, especially those who were, again, his fellow kinsmen, his uh, brothers of ethnic descent, the Jews. And, and it goes back because of the fact that, that Paul himself grew up and having that, you know, understanding and being a part of the Jewish people, uh, this to Paul uh, was something of great magnitude. And, and we find this, you know, the reality is that Paul the Apostle, um, he loved the Jews. And it tells us in verses 13 and 14 of Galatians 1, For ye have heard of my former manner of life in Judaism. See, Paul uh, was a Judaizer. He was a part of the, uh, of, of the Jewish system. Uh, he was a part. He also had Roman citizenship. And we could talk about that. But obviously, as most likely, his mother was a Jew and his father was a Gentile. Uh, it was most likely they had money. But it says here, I used to persecute the church of God beyond measure and tried to destroy it. And I was advancing in Judaism beyond many of my contemporaries among my countrymen, being more extremely zealous for my ancestral traditions. So Paul here, we have this, we have this picture of a man. He understands what it was to be a Jew, what it was to be a leader, a teacher uh, within uh, uh, the, you know, the Jewish people. He understood their zeal for God, but he also understood that their zeal was not according with knowledge. There was something that was missing. Paul lived his life like that, but my point is simply this. He was radically changed. He experienced the salvation of our God. He experienced being born from above. He was regenerated. He became a child of God. And you know the whole story in Acts chapter 9. He's on the road to Damascus, and Paul encounters the risen Lord Jesus Christ himself. He encounters him. And Paul's life would never, ever be the same. At one time, he wanted to, had nothing to do with Christianity. He wanted to destroy Christianity. We find that also in his testimony in Acts 26, 4 through 11. But now he has this burden. Now he has this longing to see people saved. It was his heart's desire. It was his prayer. But also it was his ministry to take God's glorious gospel message to the Jewish people, to the Gentiles, to everyone. And I think to myself, this was also the passion of Jesus. And Luke chapter 19, verse 10, it's Jesus says, I came to seek and to save that which is lost. And Luke 19, further down in 41 and 42, Jesus weeps over Jerusalem because most of Jerusalem did not know who he was. Um, they did not recognize him for who he was. And obviously, it is the desire of our Creator that men would be saved. He wants men to come to that saving knowledge. He wants men to understand that there is salvation, and salvation is found in the person, God's only begotten Son, Jesus Christ. 
But but you see this this burden that's heavily upon Paul. But Paul knows what the Jews are all about because Paul was again one of them in that he 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 was attempting in some way shape or form in his own righteousness to establish himself before God. He was trying to make things right with God by obeying the law and fulfilling the um, demands of the law. And if you read um, the Scriptures carefully, you begin to realize that um, Paul simply put one of the Jews to be saved. Think about this for a moment. I don't think a lot of people understand salvation. I, I was watching a um, video clip on my Facebook page the other day from a gentleman that I've never met face-to-face. However, um, I'm aware of him, and I believe he's aware of me. But he does uh, some what they call street preaching. He does it quite often, actually. And I found it interesting that there was an encounter with a drunken man. And in this encounter the street preacher kept on telling this man that Jesus uh, could set you free from alcoholism and kept on talking about, you know, just his state right then and there, which I firmly believe, yes, Jesus can set the alcoholic free. Jesus can set the drug addict free. uh, Jesus could set, you know, whatever the vice, whatever the sin, let's just call it what it is, that a person is dealing with in their life, Jesus can set them free. They can experience that freedom. But the truth of the matter is, I think we have lost truly a good, wholesome understanding of salvation. The word salvation means to rescue, to deliver. Um, So we have to ask ourselves, when we're talking about salvation— we're talking about someone being rescued or delivered or saved. What are they rescued, delivered, or saved from? From what? And in most cases, you'll hear people talk about their sin. They're an alcoholic. They're homosexual. They're a liar. They're a thief. They're this. They're that. And the truth of the matter is, when it comes down to where the rubber meets the road, what somebody is being saved from, what they're being rescued or delivered from, is from God himself. God's wrath in a place called hell, known in the book of Revelation as the lake of fire. The truth of the matter is, God saves man from himself, for himself, and by himself. We realize in Ezekiel 18.20 that the soul that sins will die. We have to understand the reality that All men will give an account someday to God. And the truth of the matter is that death, and you've heard me talk about this many times here on this podcast, death is God's judgment against sin, and God's wrath is poured out upon a sinner. We are all by nature, Ephesians chapter 2, children of what? Wrath by nature. And so we know that the, the Bible tells us, like for instance in Hebrews chapter 10, verses 30 and 31, the Lord God's going to judge his people, and it tells us in 31 it's a terrifying thing to fall into the hands of the living God. 
See, the truth of the matter is, I, I think we've gotten away from telling people what they need to be saved from. They need to be saved from God. And see, I think people don't want to say that because then you make God out to be this monster. And God is not a monster. God is a just judge. For the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God, the free gift of God, is what? Eternal life, and that is through his son, Jesus Christ. But we cannot get away from God being the just judge. Uh, you know, a lot of people been uh, this week, if you've noticed, uh, on that whole court uh, that's case that was down in uh, down there, I believe, in Dallas, Texas, where the police officer shot a, a man. She went into an apartment. It wasn't her own. She she said she mistaken, and she didn't know she was in the wrong apartment. She shot the young man to death. And you, you, all the turmoil that is surrounding the fact that now the judge, not only the brother of the gentleman that died, um, told her that he had forgiven her and he embraced her in a hug and uh, pointed her towards God, but the judge came off the bench and she hugged her too and apparently gave her a Bible and, you know, pointing her once again in the right direction. And there's a lot of fallout being taken place right now. But get this, what people are missing though, the justice of the judgment was done. Now, even though some people think she should have got longer than she got sentence-wise, the truth of the matter is judgment was handed down. Because whenever you sin, whenever you commit murder, whenever you do something wrong there, you know, what you reap, you're going to sow. And so there's a penalty for sin. For Adam's sin, it's death. And death is God's judgment. We cannot change that. But we don't like to talk about that because, once again, we want to stick just primarily with God is love. That sounds so much better. It's easier to swallow. It sounds better to tell people, hey, listen, God can save you. God can rescue you from this particular sin. Instead of talking about what God's really rescuing them from, his judgment, his wrath in a place called hell. See, once again, that's that's unpopular today. It's, it's sad to say, but the visible church and so many who claim to be Christians have fallen into this, you know, wanting to, 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 to be, you know, um, you know, not offensive to people. Uh, they want to be politically correct, so we don't want to talk about certain things. And hell is one of those things that, nah, it's, uh, you don't want to go there. That's where we're missing it. Yes, God can rescue people from alcoholism, drug addiction, sex addiction, whatever the case may be. But the key is what God is delivering and rescuing them from, he's saving them from himself. Because God, being a just judge, he does not lie. The soul that sins is going to die. Those who don't believe and put their faith or trust in Jesus Christ, his only begotten Son, the Scripture says you're basically calling God a liar because God has said this is where salvation is. You've rejected it. You want nothing to do with it. As I just heard an evangelist say today, and it's true, the greatest sin of mankind is, is that sin of unbelief. It is the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. It is denying what God has done and what God has said, what God has given to man in order to be saved, and that is his only begotten Son, Jesus Christ. See, we don't want to go there. We want to tiptoe around. We want to make people feel good that, hey, 
you know what, you're slobbering and you're staggering all around and you're getting yourself in all kind of trouble and God can rescue you from this. He can do this in your life. You've got a bad marriage and you're a bad relationship. You're shooting drugs in your arm. You're snorting cocaine. You're doing this. God can re- We want to go there, but we don't want to deal with the real issue at hand. And I know some people out there may disagree, but that's okay. You disagree all you want. I, I'm going to stand upon God's word. They have to know what truly salvation is. Salvation is being saved from God himself. Because the just judge is going to place his judgment on man. Each and every individual will give an account to God. If you leave this earth and you have rejected his son, Jesus Christ, you've already been judged. You're guilty. And you're going to experience the judgment of God in a place called hell. Now, I I take no pleasure in saying that, but it is a reality. It is the truth. Matter of fact, the night that Christ saved me, that's what became so evident and apparent to me. I should be in hell. I should be truly, apart from the grace of God, I should be at the wrath of God. I'm guilty. I'm a sinner. I deserve God's just judgment. And just like the publican, you know, he beat his breast, went and looked to heaven, God have mercy upon me. That's how I was. What are you going to do? You're guilty. You deserve whatever God gives to you. You deserve. It's not going to change. You deserve it. But once again, you know, I've said this to people all the time. It's not, not only what we say, it's how we say it. Uh, there are some people that like just to fire breathe like a dragon and just condemn everybody to hell, but they don't want to go further. For instance, they love the verse for the wages of sin is death, but they don't want to finish the rest of the verse. They don't want to talk about the grace of God. They don't want to talk about salvation uh, through his only begotten son, Jesus Christ. All they want to do is condemn people. They want to they just pour it on heavy. Well, once again, we pour it on because that's the bad news. But the gospel message is the good news. We have to tell them about the free gift of salvation. We've got to tell them about what God has done through his only begotten son, Jesus Christ. Now, I've said all that, and I've taken up quite a bit of time here in this podcast. I, I need to get to where I want to go with this podcast, which is probably not going to allot me the time in this podcast to finish. And maybe I'm not supposed to right now. Maybe that's something that I, I, I think I'm going to go back and just say, do you have a heart's desire? Are you praying? Are, are you desiring that God save people? Um, <laughs> I can't speak for you, nor am I going to point my finger at you, but I firmly believe that one of the things that is evident when someone has truly been saved, is they have a desire now. It's an internal desire that comes from the Holy Spirit within. There is a sorrow. There is a grief when you see people who are lost and don't know Christ. You are grieved and sorrowful when you see people being led astray by the false teachers in our world, whether it be cults like Jehovah Witness, the Mormons, whether it be people in the Baha'i, whether it be the Muslims, uh, Scientology, 
um, you know, whatever it is today, it doesn't make a difference. There's there's something inside of you that stirs. It can't rest. You're concerned about your spouse. You're concerned concerned about your children. You're concerned about your friends and your neighbors. You're concerned about people everywhere. When you realize they really don't know Christ, you are greatly, greatly, greatly concerned. And you have to do something about it. You pray for them. But it has to go further than prayer. You You have to truly take the good news, the gospel message, and you need to go and tell them about Jesus. Now, again, if you've listened to my podcast for any length of time, this different ones I've done, you will find that this is a reoccurring theme because I believe it is not only a command, but I believe it's the greatest privilege. I believe that there's something within a believer that's just spurs us, that drives us, we want to tell the world about Jesus Christ. And I have to be honest with you, I find it all through the pages of Scripture, not just with the prophets, not just with the apostles, but with each and every person who has truly believed, put their faith in Jesus Christ, have believed God and his promises, they want to tell the whole world. They won't, it doesn't go away. It's not just like, you know, a thing, it's like a movement for a time period. Uh, it's not just getting pumped up because we went to an exciting quote-unquote church service, or we went to a, a meeting, or we went to revival. Um, you know, I'm not against those things. I, I've been speakers at revival, uh, you know, meetings, camp meetings many times over the years, but the truth of the matter is, Though it can be very encouraging, that's not what sparks me. That's not what drives me to tell people about Jesus. What drives me is because he is now living within me. Because what he has done for me, I want the whole world to know that they can have salvation through Jesus Christ. They can be saved from God's wrath. It's judgment that is going to come upon men because of sin. And I could go on and on with this. I, I, I get very passionate about this. But I think to myself, we're living in a time period where we need to really ask God to maybe re- revival is what we need. We need, we need God to revive us. I, I think for many, it's a great fear. It's a challenge. Let me tell you right now, uh, um, you know, being a Bible teacher, you know, being the, uh, you know, the founder of Unless You Believe, you know, dealing with biblical evangelism and apologetics and teaching classes all these years, being a pastor in the church for many years, being on Christian talk radio, doing hours upon hours of live shows. I find myself day in and day out very nervous when I know it's time. It's time to step up to the plate. It's time to swing the bat. It's time to share the gospel message, because not everybody's going to respond the same way. I had a wonderful experience the other day with this young college girl because she responded in a very positive way. Now, I can't tell you that she trusted Christ. I, I'm not going to sit here and say, guess what? You know what? Home run. I, I, I am praying for her daily. And remember, her name's Emma. Please pray for her. My fear is, just as they have already done, they've come to her house, they've wooed her, 
They've tried to get her to believe things that are just not true. Um, I made it clear to her my greatest concern is for her own soul, her own spiritual welfare, and about the wrath of God, and about believing in the true Jesus, the biblical Jesus, and why God sent his son and the cross. And, you know, I, I, I talked about it, and she said, well, you know, that's a stake. It's not a cross. It started, to, you know, because she, once again, has already started the indoctrinating process. But down deep inside, my prayer has been every day, Lord, save her. Save her from yourself. The gospel's the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and then to the Greek. It's God's power. But brothers and sisters in Christ and people listening to this, I believe down deep inside, if you are a Christian, there should be a longing and a desire today more than anything else to see people saved. I'm convinced that's what's wrong with the visible church today. We're not making disciples. There's a lack of even a desire to make, and it starts with going. It starts with going and sharing God's glorious gospel message because that's God's only message. It's God's only method in which he saves people. Now, I don't want to get preachy on the podcast. I'm just getting passionate here. This is what the world needs. And even though it may seem almost redundant, as I mentioned before, that someone said a few weeks back, all you do is talk about the gospel. Isn't there something else to talk about? (laughs) No. What Christ has done for me, I want Christ to do for every person. I want every person to know about Jesus. I want them to know about God's grace, his love, his mercy, his kindness. But I also want them to know about his wrath. Because the law becomes the tutor that leads men to Christ. Because in the law, as we show people that they are sinners and they're guilty before a holy God, there is hope, and that hope is in a person, and his name is Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. I want the whole world to know before it's too late. I don't consider myself old-fashioned. I consider myself biblical. If they die without believing in Jesus Christ, as Jesus said himself in John 8, 24, unless you believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. And if someone dies in their sin or sins, they will be separated from the presence of God forever. There is no hope. There's no second chance. It's kind of interesting that even talking to this young girl, I guess the Jehovah Witnesses disagreed with her, but she has her own mindset that there's an in-between place. But as I took the time and shared with her, there is no in-between place. There's no third option. When you die, you will either be in the presence of Almighty God, in the bliss, in the joy, in the comfort, in the peace of his kingdom, or you'll be in the presence of God of his wrath, his just judgment, which will be upon you forevermore, and it will be nothing but sorrowful. It will be pain. There'll be agony. That's the reality. That's what it's all about. But what I want to do is I want to get to the righteousness of Christ Jesus. I I want to get to the fact that, as Paul said, they had a zeal for God, the Jews, but not according with knowledge, not knowing about God's righteousness. I want to talk about God's righteousness, and I'm going to have to do that next podcast. Because I, I, because of our time, I, I just there's so much to it. I, I don't want to just rush through it. 
But where is your heart today again? Do you desire to see people saved? Do you pray for the lost? Do you keep a list of people who don't know Christ? Have you shared the gospel message with them? Have you told them about Jesus? Not about your church, not about the youth, not about the worship, not about uh, your wonderful pastor or the singing in your church. Have you told them about Jesus Christ? And again, for some of you, you've heard this time and time again from Marty Minto. And you're going to hear it time and time again until the day I die. Because it's of the utmost importance. But I promise you, on next podcast, we're going to talk about God's righteousness. We're going to talk about this issue of the righteousness of Christ Jesus. What is it all about, and why is it so important and what does it mean? I mean, what does the word righteousness mean? I think people today, unfortunately but true, with even within the visible church, have no idea, no understanding. And that's why maybe maybe that's one of the reasons why there is not as much passion and priority placed upon getting the gospel into our world, because they themselves don't understand. So the next podcast... Uh, it is going to be my privilege and uh, my joy uh, and a great responsibility, uh, hopefully, to to really take the time and to share with all of you out there um, about the righteousness of Christ Jesus. Get a hold of me by emailing me, martymento at gmail.com. If you'd like to receive the uh, Who is Jesus to You pamphlet for yourself or for others, email me and just tell me how many, you, how many you'd like, maybe for your whole church. And I'll send them out to you absolutely free. If you want to give a donation, it's up to you. But I don't charge. Freely I've received and freely I want to give. But until next time, God bless you. From Apologetics Talk Radio here on the ATR Network with your host, Marty Minto.